Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Screen Heroes, and I am Tarek, one of your regular hosts. I have Ryan Hello. and Ray Hello. Uh, with me. They are my other regular hosts, and uh, we have a returning guest, I think the third time. Third time, I believe, yes. Robert. Hi. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. So I, be back. I know you were on the Civil War episode. Um, what was the other one that you were on? Um, Drawing a blank. Logan. Logan, right, right. I knew it was recently, uh, so whoa. Another returning guest. So this is Cosmo. Uh, no, I'm kidding. This is Luna. So we uh, we have a dog. We rescued a dog from the animal shelter, and she uh, has discovered that she can jump the fence. This just happened, so we don't have a resolution yet. So instead of uh, having her chill outside while we record, she's going to have to keep us company for a little bit. Um, so we'll see how that goes, and it will either go well, or, <laughs> or, or it'll be a huge disaster, one it's, of the two. It's going to go poorly. This whole thing is going to be awful. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. So why don't we uh, get started? Is there any news that you guys wanted to uh, to cover? Why are they rebooting Hellboy? No. Oh, dog. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I no. could punch Mike Manola in the face right now. Like, with Dave Harbour, too? Like He's fine. I don't know. No, him, no. But... Let's get the beer-bellied guy from Stranger Things to replace Ron Perlman. No. The whole thing stinks. I'm against it. I'm just wondering, why are they rebooting when there's been so much desire for... To finish the current story, the last story. It's because Ron Perlman's not going to do it without Guillermo del Toro. And so Guillermo del Toro's being a little... Well, he knows he can ask for a lot of money on it because it's something that everybody wants. Right. And so he's probably, they're probably not willing to pay him and would rather start a universe or something, probably a BPRD-type universe where they can have uh, other characters... So but the rest that. of the comics aren't that good. Like, yeah, but that doesn't mean the movies aren't going to be good. Cause there's there's fair. movies, there's comic book movies yeah. that have come out where the comic is not that good and uh, the movies are better. So, I mean, all the Cap movies are better than the uh, current Cap storyline. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't really have much of an opinion on it. Uh, I don't know the comics well enough to, to really have an opinion about whether or not the movies so far have followed them. Uh, but no, I'm, the movies have been great. They've all deviated. But they're very different than the comic books. The yeah, comic books are. are a lot darker, a lot more... I mean, they've had some weird stuff in the movies, but not nearly like the comic books. And so, I mean, I understand where they're going with it, but we actually did a podcast talking about like the R-rated renaissance that was going to happen with when Deadpool made a million dollars or a bazillion dollars. Sure. And this is going to be and this R-rated. Is, this is the kind of stuff that's going to happen. And I love Hellboy, right? It's, I love those weird, if you follow the show, you know I love Justice League Dark and all those weird kind of characters. Um, but I'm not sure that this is the right direction. I kind of like that Hellboy was a little lighter and a little more accessible. So, speaking of Justice League Dark, it found another director. 
Did it? I didn't yeah. see it. I must have missed that. It's no longer in a movie Purgatory. They have a script. It's moving really? forward. Who's, do you know who the director is? I, I forget the name. I, I'm not going to get Anybody on my phone to look. Um, he's done some work, but not I'm familiar with, to be oh, honest. Um, the, he said that the lineup is going to include Constantine, uh, Zatanna, Deadman, uh, yes, that was what I was waiting for. Because <laughs> it's got to be one of the interchangeable um, ones. Do you have a personal feelings about Swamp Thing, Ryan? Yeah, we all. Yeah, what about Etrigan? I assume you're gonna and have Etrigan. Yeah. Okay, Etrigan. Yeah, the only, I love Etrigan. That's gonna be the. That's gonna be the, uh, the new fifty-two. He's gonna be the minus okay. Madame Xanadu. Oh, okay. Interesting. Which is too bad. Like, yeah, because I really like Madame Xanadu well, too. That would have been nice. But the Zatana best thing is pretty that cool. DC has done so far is highlight the women instead of just have one standalone woman in every film. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I think that I, I did hear that it's supposed to be much smaller scale. Yeah. Um, rather than it being like a big earth-ending kind of situation. I'm good with that. I'm fine with that, too. Nothing needs to, like, not every movie needs to be giant blue sky beam that's going to destroy the world. Right. Correct. I agree. I want I want Etrigan to be like the Drax, where he's not like, he's not, it, like the first Guardians Drax, where he's not a comedian, and, uh, you know, he's just kind of funny by his personality. Yeah. You know, the rhyming thing, I think, will be a really good gimmick. Um so I'm hoping that they can kind of push that. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so we're going to pause here. Sorry, guys. All right, <laughs> we're back. Hi, everybody. Uh, sorry about that. So we're, we're back on track here. We were talking about Justice League Dark. We've got a new director, a new direction for that, uh, based heavily on the new 52, you were saying, right? At least the cast is oh, okay, the um, when they did the Justice League Dark. Um, like I said, I am a little disappointed they're cutting out Madame Xanadu like... Um, I've been really happy with the DC's treatment of women. You know, Wonder Woman is their fourth film, not their 15th, right. not their 16th. Um, and she was and at least, you know, she was in BVS, so she was in the... Suicide Squad had four major uh, female roles. Well... Major is debatable. Two yeah. major female role, roles, two minor ones, and then uh, two female villains out of that. Isn't DC has yet to, or Marvel has yet to have any female villains. Wonder Woman's number no, four, three, isn't no, it? Thor Ragnarok no, is going to be it. Steel, Hella, BVS, and then Wonder Woman. Suicide Squad. Oh, Suicide Squad. Thor Ragnarok is going to have Hella. I mean, it hasn't come out it, yet, but exactly that's but my point. The trailers. They've, they've tried multiple times. The director of Thor two wanted to originally have Ench Enchantress because um, she made the most sense. That would have been confusing. The Suicide Squad coming out with but Enchantress as a Thor 2 would have been, you know... It might have been better. For, well, no, it would have been first, That's so it true. would have looked like DC was copying. And then, I imagine they would have called her Amora, which is her... Seems likely. ...name. And then... But Hela, for being the first female villain in Marvel, looks, looks scary so as heck. Great. Like, yeah, it would be what yeah, the shot with like the dead. Jack Kirby uh, big horns. Yeah. I love that, that helmet. Cool. I don't want to yeah. do that cosplay, but I want that helmet. Right, <laughs> that would be pretty. Cool. I would wear that all the time. You know, going to the bank, DMV. It seems like it wouldn't be practical <laughs> in the car. <laughs> it wouldn't Walking be practical. Walking through doorways sideways. Speaking of which, I do really like Thor's helmet that he gets in the, the arena. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It looks so good. It looks worse than his original helmet, in my opinion. I'm but. glad they specified a difference, like why his outfit is so different. Because I was a little nervous. It's like, where'd the hair go? And what is happening? So. 
You don't like the the short... Uh... I like every kind of Chris Hemsworth. I just want an explanation. Oh, I see. I just okay. want to understand why. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so how did you feel about the Chris Pine monologue in SNL? Where he <laughs> explained the Chris... He's the only... Yeah, he's not this Chris. He's not this Chris. <laughs> he's also the only Chris that sings, and that's a way to my heart. Chris Love Evans that. can sing, I think. I've never heard Chris Evans. I've only heard Chris Pratt do his Dave Matthews impersonation. And Eminem. Parks and Rec. And Eminem. I have not rapping heard that. now, I guess. But he did... Yeah, on the radio, he came on and rapped like the entirety of Forget About Dre. It was it was hilarious. Actually, he can do right. every line. It's ridiculous. Remember okay. that one time when our friend Russ did that? We were just really that was that was, was that forget about Dre. That was that was some other Eminem song. Did, I think like four Eminem songs. It, well, yeah, that was, and then, was there that night. Was he? Yeah. Oh man. He did uh, "Careless Whisper" by Seether. Not by George Michael. Yes, so George Michael would have been much better, yeah. I agree. I followed up Russ's renditions with... Nickelback, uh, right? Fresh Creed. Prince, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, he did do Creed. Yeah. Yeah, with John. John and I sang with arms mm. wide open. Now we now we know why Gamer Heroes' you, uh, viewership is so low. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can think that. Oh, know, I can know that. Uh, whatever works for, for you. For all so. I know, I mean, they they could sing... You could probably get more viewers if you did another Creed song or Nickelback. We we might sing. You, know, you, you never know. Do a musical episode. Ah, oh, there we go. I'm going to do a shameless plug here, though. We have our first interview this week. We're interviewing the makers of Shovel Knight, which is Yacht Club Games. That's so really cool. We're really excited nice. about that, so make sure to tune in on Friday. Shovel Knight has blown up. That's a cosplay I want to see you do. That'd be a tough armor set. At least there's not like a lot of detail, but it's a lot of armor. Don't lie. So. We just did big armor builds. You can do it for us. Yeah, I did do a big armor build. So did she. So did I mean, yours, yours is, is mostly me. suits. Yeah. There was a I lot mean, of armor. Little, I think there's a little bit. Oh, of here armor. we go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's a cape covering most of it, so it's hard oh, to tell. Did you guys see Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> oh yeah. What what movie? I'm kidding. Yes. So <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Volume Two is now in theaters. Um... I'll go ahead and just give you a couple of the numbers, not everything that's written down here that you guys can see, but uh, big stuff, $200 million budget. Put that in perspective, that is 50 less than Civil War and BVS both got, but it is uh, 35 more than Suicide Squad, to kind of put that in perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it crushed the first film. Um, Which the first film had a pretty big opening. The first film did really yeah. well. The first film opened domestically with a little over $94 million. In August, right? Or was it September? It was, it was August, September. In the year, yeah. Yeah. Um, this one opened with 146 and a half domestically. And in just the five days internationally, it has gone well past the 50% mark to catching up to the first film's entire run. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So that's huge. Um, it comes in as the fifth best opening for an MCU film behind Iron Man 3, Civil War, Age of Ultron, and the first Avengers. It, it beat out Iron Man 2. Um, and those are the only, including Iron Man 2, those are the only MCU films to open with at least uh, $100 million, um, opening weekend. It is the ninth best opening ever for just a superhero film. So it did really well. Um, so why do you guys think that is? I think it's because the first one. We all know why oh, yeah. it is. The first one was it was so popular. I mean, it, it just it was so different. 
from the other comic book movies. Everybody fell in love with it, with all the characters, so they wanted to see more. The first one blew everybody away. Oh, yeah. Just... And people that weren't comic book movie fans went and saw that movie. Exactly. You know, when, yeah. you go, when you go to work and there's a bunch of people talking about a comic book movie and you don't normally hear that, it's yeah. a pretty big deal. You Absolutely. Know? A lot of people went because of the soundtrack, too, just because Blue Swede was in the trailer. I mean, that's why my dad saw it. He was not going to go, but he loved that song. And he was super excited that it was actually in the movie, too. How yeah. many times do trailer companies use a completely different song than what's in the film? In this movie, it was very sad. There was one that was in the trailers that was not in the movie that made me sad. Oh, sorry, Ryan. We'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but I think kind of along the line of your dad, uh, I was going to see the movie either way, of course, but that trailer with the music. Locked it is, in. Yes, exactly. It was beautiful. Yeah. That is what's so Unexpected. Very much unexpected. Chris Pratt flipping the bird in a really <laughs> arrogant way. Uh, them calling them, like, the the five of them a-holes. Like, yeah. It was great. I actually didn't love that line. I thought that was the most awkward line in the whole movie, but. That actor I mean, a lot is of rather like, awkward, so. I, I love that actor. But I'm drawing a blank. You know, Who are we talking about? The guy that plays a tick. I can't remember. Peter Serenoff Finowitz. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes, because you're tight. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I think you guys are right. I think that the first movie was surprising to a lot of people. Because, uh, I mean, let's let's face it, not a lot of the main public had any clue who the Guardians were. Right. I had to go out and buy think, one of the graphic novels just to familiarize myself a little bit. Yeah. Um, did you guys know who they were before the Actually, movie? I did. Yeah. yeah? I was reading them before the movie. Nice. Okay, so then, how, just out of curiosity then, how did you feel walking out of the first movie? Did you think that it did okay for that? Yeah, I mean... Basically, as uh, you know, I'm sure many people have talked about the adaptations from books or comics to movies. There's always going to be differences. It's never going to be 100. percent But I thought it did it. I thought it did the comics justice. I really did. I like the way they portrayed all the characters. Sure, some of there were different things, but I loved it. Fair uh, enough. Good. As a casual reader, I really only read Annihilation when they brought the entire Marvel Cosmic Universe together mm -hmm. and um, fought Thanos. I really thought that they improved a lot on a lot of the characters. To be honest, you know, yeah. I didn't find Star Lord that interesting beforehand or Gamora, and since then there has been a huge. Um, written improvement this is one of those where the movies have influenced the comics in a good way mm, i agree also rocket had been portrayed as british he would say bloody all the time and that's right i forgot about yeah. that yeah and now he's portrayed as bradley cooper and that's <laughs> 10 times better <laughs> i do agree that his gruffness just yeah. works for the character that absolutely works. not saying that there's anything wrong with british it's just if it's not like simon Pegg saying the c word out of rocket's mouth there's really no point to it rocket needs to be that gruff little yeah. i would have watched ass. that though yeah Simon Pegg would have been a good uh, right he would have been a good it would have been a very different rocket but obviously i would have been okay with it well, all right. So let's let's focus in then on the new movie here. Uh, just like initial impressions, let's, we'll go around. Did you guys like it? And did you guys like it as much or more than the first film, Ryan? That's a loaded question. It is a loaded question. No, I did not like it more than the first film. <laughs> yes, I did enjoy it, but there's a lot of buts to it for me. There's a lot of things I didn't like about it that kind of disappointed me. Okay. I actually have to completely agree with that. I I was not under Guardian's spell, 
Guardians is a great movie. It is not the best Marvel movie out there. It's not the best team-up out there. It was a fun, good movie with characters I didn't think they could make a good movie out of. So I was pleasantly surprised, but I'm not on, like, the Guardians train. And this movie, it didn't let me down, but it, it wasn't better than the first. So that puts everything in perspective. Robert? Um, I would say, it, no, it wasn't better than the first, but I will clarify and say rarely is a sequel better or even as good as the first. I mean, not every sequel can be Empire Strikes Back. It just doesn't. Or T2. Happen. Or or T2. Or Aliens or, or War yeah, whatever. I mean, there's a few, you know, there's, there's the big few. examples. It but, happens, but... Yeah. Or it's, House Party. Yeah, but it's... <laughs> you said yeah. <laughs> but, Got you. Weekend of Bernie's 2. Yeah. We forgot about obviously, that. Obviously, obviously. But there are sequels that are better, but yeah. more often than not, they're not better. So, that being said, I actually enjoyed the movie. Now, well, you know, can I nitpick and say there were this and that that I didn't like? Oh, we're going sure. to. That's that's what we're going to oh, do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But... I wouldn't, t- I wouldn't have showed up tonight if we weren't going to do that. But, you know what? I enjoyed it, and I actually... And I would recommend it. I thought yeah. it was... If you if you just enjoy the first one, you'll enjoy this. You'll like this one. It's good. I agree with that. Fair if enough. If you liked one, you'll like the other one. Yeah. Maybe not as much. They don't have to be equal, but... Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of how I feel. Um, I do hold the first Guardians pretty high up. Oh, um, I know. It's I, a space opera. I love the first Guardians. I really do. Uh, I think that... Uh, it might be my favorite Marvel movie. I'm not entirely sure. It's a hard thing for me to say, but it might be. It's at least top three. Um, so, you know, I had high expectations, and uh, yeah, this one was fine. So let's let's dive into it then. Where do you guys want to start? We can start with individual characters. We can start with soundtrack. We can start with plot line. Let's go with, I'd say let's go with soundtrack. If okay. That works. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. the soundtrack was such a Kind of an unorth- unorthodox... It was start to okay, part so of the first movie. Let's, so. let's, let's, let's be honest. Guardians had a very iconic soundtrack. And I say that only because the other Marvel movies up until then had only instrumental scores unless Tony Stark was walking in. And then it was ACTC. <laughs> yeah, there was really, there's actually a really, really great YouTube video on, um, on the Marvel movies and how how the scores are very uninteresting for the Absolutely. popularity of the movies. You know, a lot of the popular franchise movies have a very... You can pick them out, their scores, yeah, um, and you can match them up between the sequels and everything because they're they're memorable. And these none of the Marvel movies have that except for Guardians. Yeah, I think opinion. that's I a really good point. Um, and I, I blame James Gunn for that entire thing. Like, if it, <laughs> I think you, he'd probably not be upset that you blamed him. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Sometimes, or it's not a bad thing. But he has very dynamic scores in all of his movies, and I find that a great trait. Like that to me is one thing that Zack Schneider has over Marvel right now. Is his scores are usually very interesting, and Marvel's just sort of very boring. So. Uh, this this soundtrack did not get me all hyped up like the last one did. I thought there were better mixtape highs and lows done, you know, the mm-hmm. high fidelity. You gotta start off with this one and then bring it down and then bring it back up. <laughs> like, that's what it did. Right. Yeah. And this one didn't. And I, I wasn't yeah. sure if that was just a me thing because I think that the... The era that the first movie focused on is an era of music that's probably my favorite. So I love. Well, the second one should have had that same quality. Absolutely, yeah. it was the same time period. Uh, maybe maybe a year it was a, later. It was a little bit later, later but, but still similar. 
Yeah, I mean, so the like, music I, didn't change that much in two in the two years. There or were, whatever it was the difference. So yeah, there were some some stylistic things for for me, but okay. I really liked uh, Fleetwood Mac being in there. The chain. Mm-hmm. I, so I'm a big it's Fleetwood one Mac of, fan. I think four fan, songs in there that were good. Yeah. Yeah. And that one, I'll say that most of the good ones for me were spoiled in the trailers. The the I can see that. Oh really? Fox okay. on the Run. Yeah. Uh, and the chain were both spoiled in the trailers. And then That's the fair. one that I mentioned earlier that I was really disappointed wasn't in the movie was Suffragette City um, yes. by David Bowie. I was really disappointed there wasn't a Bowie song in this one. James Gunn said he wanted David Bowie to be in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Yeah. And um, he passed away, sadly, before that could happen. But um, that he was... This was early on in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 filming. He said he was wanting to use a Bowie song in the second one so that Bowie would be the only artist on the first and the second soundtrack. Mm. But uh, I'm sure there was a reason. But well, it, at least you know. made the trailers. You know that's yeah. better than having no acknowledgement because mm-hmm. Bowie was such a powerhouse in that time period. Like, oh yeah, there's no, there's very few other artists or groups that you could name that would be anywhere near that powerhouse in that. Time oh yeah, period. That's, so, that's very fair. Yeah, that was disappointing. Yeah. How did you guys feel about the gigantic plot revolving around Brandy? I actually okay, so I'm a sucker for people explaining movie lyrics or song lyrics in a movie, yeah. and, or like music, like so, like American Psycho, for example, yeah. um, where he's talking about uh, Huey Lewis in the news, Whitney Houston, Houston. Phil uh, Collins. yeah, Phil yeah. Collins, um, and Genesis, um, yeah, like I, I'm a huge sucker for that. I love music, and anytime a character is shown to have a very deep connection to a specific song or or artist. That works for me. Yeah. And have it being Kurt Russell and have the song being Brandy. I mean, that right there was was a perfect concoction for me. You know, I there's other songs that could have made it not as good. And if it was any other yeah. actor that could have not been sure. not as good. But yeah, I think Kurt Russell doing Brandy and it actually making sense in the story for me, it worked. I agree. Uh, totally. I think something that maybe this is a good thing. Is that the soundtrack for this film didn't stand out as much to me and take me out of the movie, whereas the first one had so many of, of songs that I truly love that mm-hmm. I focused a lot on that music and not as much on what was happening on the screen. And I wonder if at times they did this on purpose, make the songs blend better, so but they I don't weren't think it pulled did. out. I you don't think so. Uh, no, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm kind of with Ryan. The soundtrack, while it was good, I, I just felt some sort of, at times, disconnect between the songs chosen and the movie, where I didn't in the first. I think that the besides the chain, mm-hmm. the song for me that that stood out in the whole movie um, was Mr. Blue Skies by ELO, because that song was perfect. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> yeah. perfect. Uh, and James Gunn said in the first movie that he wanted an ELO song. Uh, Electric Light Orchestra. He wanted that in the in the movie, and because they were another pretty powerful uh, group yeah. in that time period, and he couldn't get the rights to any of the songs that he wanted for the first one. So I was really curious to see if they used an ELO song in this one. And Mr. Blue Skies fit. Yeah. Like it, it gives me chills thinking about it because Aww. it was just such a such a perfect song for the movie. And kudos to um, to James Gunn for using a Cat Stevens song that wasn't Cat in the Cradle. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, it, it would, that song would have fit in this movie. It yeah. actually it would have. have. But I think the song awesome. they picked, Dad and I, or whatever the name of that song yeah. is. Father and Son. Father and Son, Father yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, that would have been... Or that, that was... Yeah, Cat I think Stevens it was a better really choice. has a daddy hangout, doesn't he? He does. Okay. But that, I, I honestly <laughs> think Cat in the Cradle would have been good, too, but he definitely picked the better song, I think, for the movie. 
that's but that's something I'm not yeah. as big of a fan of. Right. So yeah, it, again, it wasn't like it catch like it didn't catch my attention mm-hmm. like Cat in the Cradle probably would have. So but. while we're talking about music, something that stood out to me and really irked me many many times. I think I counted maybe four or five instances of this. Every time Star Lord did something like this, which was a lot, there was a very loud la da da that happened, and I was so annoyed. I was like, why is the score swelling when he looks away from the camera? It happened during his uh, exchange with Gamora on Ego. It happened with between him and Ego twice. Like it's uh, like Christopher Nolan's Bwah! a little bit. You know, every time it was just a, like, oh, Star Lord's thinking. <laughs> Star Lord's thinking. <laughs> I mean, that's Stop. obviously a stylistic choice by James Gunn. It really. I did, it didn't take me out of the movie. Like I can't say I noticed it. I did not. But if I had picked up on it, it would probably have bothered me. It's gonna bother yeah. you now that I said probably. Something. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. Or at least you'll notice it now that I've said something. It may I'm not sure. bother you. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like I need to watch it again because that I did not notice. I caught it on the third time and then I couldn't stop catching it. Fair enough. Um, but small nitpicky thing, like if your characters are going to have a theme, it needs to be incredibly epic when they're in an epic pose like the Wonder Woman one or it needs mm-hmm. to blend in and kind of... Just appear like if Star Lord had a theme. Every time he pulled out his guns, I would have been like, "Oh, here it comes, <laughs> fight scene." I think the but song that stood out, like if I had to pick a theme for the group, the one I when I hear Fox on the Run now, I think of Guardians of the Galaxy every time. And I'm totally I love Blue Sweet, yeah. and I would maybe give that to a specific character. But when I think of the team, I think I mean Fox on the Run. But it it is in almost all the previews, all the trailers yeah. for it. I mean, and it really works for the team. I but think. you're talking more of the instrumental yeah, score, instrumental yeah. scores, right? Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm wondering, and I, I'm curious if it, this was what they were going for, I'm wondering if they were trying to pick up on the Star Wars vibe where you know the main characters, you know, a lot of them had their own themes. You know, there was Absolutely. Leia's theme and Luke's theme. If they were so there, on. they didn't but stand I mean, out to me at all. Yeah, yeah. Vader yeah. had a theme whenever he's entering. Like, yeah, the Imperial they, March. They, yeah. yeah, they didn't, do that for something epic that Star Lord was doing. They did it for a calm, like pensive yeah. moment, and that seems weird to me. Anyway, let's move on from the soundtrack. We discussed okay. that. Sure, okay. sure. So let's let's then let's talk about cast. Um, let's talk about Kurt Russell. Let's just let's just dive in and talk about Kurt Russell. Incredible. So much mm. fun. Probably my favorite part of the film. He was in it way more than I thought he was going to be, which was a great surprise. Yeah. Yes, yes, and no. So, yeah. like, I'm a huge Kurt Russell fan. Obviously, I've talked about that on the podcast before. We had an entire podcast dedicated to him because of you. All three it of the was heroes. Kurt Russell is awesome. All three of the heroes are big fans of Kurt Russell, but I'm I'm the only one that would like one of them is my adopted dad, probably. I don't know. Maybe you guys would too. I love my dad, by the way. If you're watching, but, um, so Hudson has good things to say. So maybe right. I'll take it. Uh, um, so. I didn't like, spoiler alert, because we haven't spoiled oh, a lot. Yeah, we haven't really. Um, so, turn away now. If, if you, you haven't seen the movie, movie, or if you you know don't want anything spoiled, we're going to be talking about everything. So I did not like him being the bad guy. I was thinking, really? really? I love that. I did not like that. Why so, is that? Um, because I thought that the character is such a huge character, not phys- well, physically, I guess, <laughs> but also just like in potential, that the way Marvel works... They kill off their villains every movie, and they, they kill them all. It's dude. annoying. It is very. And annoying. Ego is such an int- probably the most interesting character for me of 
not just because Kurt Russell's playing, although it probably seems that way, but because you don't really know about him. Yeah. And he, the way he explains it is like, that's cool. Your brain like made a bunch of matter and then you turn into a planet. And now you can control everything or, you know, within reason. Um, that's pretty cool and not something we've seen in Marvel before. So, you know, making him the bad guy and killing him off was that's not sucks. good for me. And then also... Making him the bad guy, but keeping him would have been ten times better. Yeah, I would have been a lot, felt a lot better about it. Him, you said he was in the movie a lot more than you expected. I think that his avatar was in the movie more than I expected. But, like, for the last third of the movie, it wasn't him. It was just his voice and a bunch right. of CG. So well, sure. you lost a lot of that Kurt Russell uh, energy that you get when he's... Or feeling, whatever the, whatever you get. So you know what I'm talking about. The only Kurt thing Russell's I was screen. really disappointed about is... He monologued his entire plan. Like he clearly he, had never seen The Incredibles. He was a James Bond villain straight <laughs> up. He had, but that's because he, there was nothing there that could threaten him. What was going to stop him? There's, there's well, so okay, you want let's go into that because that well, let me just backtrack just a second. When I said that Kurt Russell being the bad guy, I really loved that. I don't love that they killed him off because that is a huge problem in the MCU that Loki's the only one who's allowed to ever live. Agreed. Um, I really wanted Ronan to live because he's very so important. But to if the I had three. to pick between the two, yeah. I would have picked Ego. I mean, Ego's such a huge. Oh no! Yeah. I mean, they shouldn't have killed off either. But I think part of the problem is when you make a being that is so powerful that he can stretch out to a thousand worlds. Um, Keep him alive. You have to have some really good way to tie that up to how they get away. Could have resolved the daddy issues, like that. You know, they didn't have to beat him in a traditional sense. They could have beat him in the fact that you know. I think it would have drastically changed the movie because you couldn't have had him be who he was. Because who he was was not dad and son. He didn't really want a son. He just needed the extra power to complete his work. Right. Maybe, you know I mean? but he had never so, developed a relationship with one of his kids at that time. I mean, so you true. never know how things are. I'm not a story writer. I'm not a writer for movies, obviously. Although I try to be on our pitch episodes. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think there was a way to do it to keep him around. There is always there. a way yeah. to do it. Always. So, real quick, in chat, uh, Jordan was actually thinking that Ronan might still be alive in the Soul Stone. I think that's like saying that Red Skull is still alive in the... Uh, in yeah, the, uh, but yeah, honestly, the that's, that's actually a valid point. Because <laughs> in the comics, so whenever um, a lot of people, a lot of characters who have been killed by the Soul Stone end up living in the Soul Stone. Adam Warlock, for example. Right. Everybody right. thought he was dead. He was alive So what about like, the so, people that... Ronan killed with the Soul Stone. They're all there's like thirty uh, people alive. And it's like Voldemort's wand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. He, he had the Power Stone. The Soul Stone is the only one we have not seen yet. So, just just gonna say. So yeah, the Soul Stone hasn't true. killed Ronan, so, or didn't kill Agreed. Ronan. Yeah. So he that doesn't mean he couldn't be trapped in the stone. I guess. But uh, let's kill, that, just like I mean, Ego could yeah. still be alive if there's a tiny particle of him floating somewhere. That is like, well, Groot grows wish, from a twig. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's but if you have that mechanic thinking. with everybody, then it's like okay, yeah. no, no death is meaningful. Yeah. It's no, very true. wishful thinking. So they should they should just not kill their villains off the first time. Like how many times in the comic books do these characters fight the same villain? So many times. Ronan's important because he's not a bad guy in the comics. He works for the Kree, and he's the executioner. That means he just deals out the justice of 
you know, the Kree. So yeah, sometimes he's a villain, sometimes he's not a villain. Exactly. I think think my problem is more that you don't get an actor like Kurt Russell and then kill him off in that movie. You don't pull him into the universe and kill him off in one movie, right? But, I mean, they've done Uh, that with so many. Hugo Weaving, but I mean, and and, you know, Hugo Weaving was great, and all these other other villains are great. Hugo Weaving, they kept alive-ish because it's been how they many wanted movies? him to come back. Hugo Weaving does not enjoy playing Red Skull and has refused to come back. So if you think Red Skull is going to show up, Hugo Weaving will not be playing him. He said, done. Not going to happen. Hugo Weaving is out. Maybe he'll just do the voice work but, like he did for V. <laughs> I mean, let's go through this. Malekith was good and did not get any explanation for his motives. Just, you know, random dark elf hates everybody, you know. Well, that was all cut, but... And it's terrible. It's really awful. Um, Robert Redford's character in Civil War killed off for no reason. He was... He's... I think that I Robert, think Robert Red- Redford. I think Robert Redford is the only one that you can name that was a villain in any of the movies that would be on the same level as Kurt Russell, and even that would be debatable. I don't. I still think Kurt Russell is a bigger actor than Robert Redford. So, well, I mean, Jeff are they going to kill Jeff Goldblum yeah. off? Jeff in the, Bridges. Jeff Bridges. I still think Jeff Kurt Bridges, Russell is bigger. But keep in mind, we're talking much earlier in the MCU. Guardians Two is like the fourteenth movie, right? Yeah. So in Iron Man One, when you got Jeff Bridges. Right. Well, they wouldn't have gotten Kurt Russell in Iron Man too, obviously. Right. Yeah, but right like you know, that. so so you keep the big guy around, or when you did First Avenger, you keep Hugo weaving around because you're trying to build this thing, and the big names still draw people. I am sure that even though this is the 14th MCU film, there are people who went to see it because Kurt Russell was in it. Yeah, yeah probably. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I would have seen it without Kurt Russell, but it's certainly sure. made it better. I, I guarantee mean, you, Goldie Hawn did that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's let's go back to the whole monologuing thing because here's the here's my issue with it. He knows that Peter is incredibly powerful, and that if anybody in the galaxy can really challenge him, it's the dude standing three feet in front of him, his son. And what does he do? He tells Peter that he was responsible for giving his mother a deadly cancer, and then breaks the Walkman. He did the only thing he possibly could have done. To like lose. Well, his name is ego. <laughs> right, that was going to be. Nice, but... <laughs> I mean, he's he doesn't think he doesn't think he can do it wrong. I just he's ego. I, I I get that, and he, the whole concept of what he's doing is incredibly egotistical and pompous. But that hit a line for me that was a little too ridiculous. It was if he if that one sentence is removed from the movie, ego wins. That one sentence is all it was that pushed Peter over the edge. You're totally right. If he would have kept his mouth shut about that, he would have been fine. But and I don't like that the whole so end is hinging on that, on that one I think thing. It's, I think I think that the like battle and stuff like that at the end was was a problem for me too, because he so ego had been there since the beginning of everything time because that's what the Celestials were as far as I understand yeah. it. Correct and. Uh, so, and created himself as a physical form and all these other things. So he'd had millennia of, you know, practicing, creating things, right? And then he tells Star-Lord that he can make a, you know, make things. And Star-Lord makes a little energy baseball. And then all of a sudden by just saying, hey, I gave your mom cancer and here's your Walkman. I, he can make all this crazy stuff happen. Rock hands and like... All Giant Pac-Man. Yeah, it's like, okay, that's a bit... Like, even if he's a prodigy, like, that, yeah. that's that's insane to me. And uh, although I did like the way they did that better than I like Green Lantern, for example. Like, the, his creativity with what he was doing, I thought was cooler 
than what I've seen in the movie. I, I mean, Lantern. I... Because I haven't read the comic books. Clearly, I really didn't like the Pac-Man thing. Uh, I, I thought it was a little too on the nose, but I mean, it's, it's a character. <laughs> it was goofy. I, it made me laugh. I was really excited I was to they got see... The rights to it. I figured it was coming, especially after he already said the Pac-Man thing. I was waiting for Skeletor. <laughs> I, re- I really wanted to see great. giant rock Kurt Russell slam into giant rock Chris Pratt and have like, you know, a rock'em sock'em robot battle. And it wasn't. You had giant Kurt Russell and Pac-Man and then they just instantly disappear as soon as they hit each other. Because they're was, equally powerful even though Kurt Russell is so, so yeah, able that's to... Not, yeah, that, that, was, that was not great. Not the best, cli- best climax of a... No, it, no, it wasn't. It was very disappointing. I was about to say, and you did mention one thing that it me a little bit. Is calling ego a celestial? Like he they called him that in the call, or in the movie. So that's true. Yeah, they called right. him that. In the, well, ex- well, that's what I'm saying. They called him that in the movie. I thought you were uh, saying really. something about no, no, me. No, no, no. I was you're like, good. You're good. That's you what he was called. Yeah, he wasn't you reminded part me. of the no. celestial. Yeah, he's he wasn't. Really, he was just a planet. Yeah, he was a living planet. Just so. just a living planet. Yeah, not a I mean, like Mogus. It worked for the movie. Yeah, worked for the movie. I mean, he's not a god. He's a planet. He can be destroyed. The gods were in the movie. Yes, right? they were. That was cool. Um, yeah, I agree. So, so now let's let's focus back here just for a second. In chat, uh, uh, purely has said that basically Star Lord's anger allowed him to okay, focus. Which is Bill the stupidest thing. Now, thing now so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think that oh, would have worked. Call our viewers stupid. I'm saying that's really dumb because like <laughs> when you're angry, you don't hang focus on, better on. than you do when you're. You're totally right. It well, I think that depends because that's. I don't think it watch a Rocky movie. All right, but I think here's here's the thing. Um, I think that would have worked if Star Lord was like throwing energy around and just like slamming him and instead and of just a wailing baseball. instead of it being like very concentrated objects like the fact that it was literally pac-man yeah. or the fact that he could turn control his fist it. into a rock yeah. right control things so specifically that's what doesn't work for me it should have been crazy power that was barely controllable right that would have worked yeah okay all right so, it would have been better for sure. We've talked a lot about Kurt Russell. I want to talk about the other new character, Mantis. Yes, I Mantis. she was adorbs. I loved she Mantis. She was awesome. Yeah, she was a lot of fun. I, I really liked her. Very unique. I thought she was a good addition to the team, and I really hope they keep her around for the next one. I, I hope so too. I could tell immediately that fans were going to like ship her and Drax, so I love that they just called that out immediately, and both of them were like, no, I don't like you. They no. have this running gag about her being ugly, and I thought that was uh, that was great. Yeah, like, yeah. Drax says you're so so hideous, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> right. But it was important that that happened, because that's also why she trusts him and Nakamura, because right. she understands that He's honest. He might not always be nice about it, but he is trustworthy. And that's what yeah. made her happy because yes. when like she's touching him and he's saying these things, his honesty is making her happy too. Like it's it's a good, mm-hmm. fun relationship. She's a nice addition to the team. She she is kind of bright and quirky and not a not a copy of any of the other personalities. No. I felt like one of the issues with this one was that the personalities of the main four were a little too similar compared to in the first movie they were more dynamic except gamora still doesn't get to be funny not at all she no. is as serious as humanly possible and that it's that works. painful considering <laughs> how funny zoe saldana is in real life i know i know even I, nebula I gets some fun lines like she, she gets does. to be bitingly sarcastic yeah and, you know um 
she gives like looks and stuff, you know, like uh, you know when Sean Gunn's character touches her on the shoulder. Yeah. Um, you know. Like, I really want to see Gamora like rip out a throat and then just sit there with her giant sword and like pick her teeth. Like that would be hilarious <laughs> and still keep that badass persona that she has. Like okay. Yeah, like it, it would just be ridiculous, but yeah. it would. It yeah, would she's work. like legitimately in the top ten fighters in Marvel, and I don't Easily. think in, in comic books, and I don't oh, think yeah. that uh, they've ever really shown their, One, her to be even yeah. better than Black Widow. One, which they haven't shown that, and two, she doesn't even get like another personality quirk other than straight. Yeah, like she's badass. the straight man of the group, and that's all that she gets. She doesn't get to smile. She doesn't get to make jokes. She like Black Widow gets to make jokes every once in a while about picking up after all the boys and yeah. Hulk being a big damn dork, and you know. No, they, Gamora. They let her have a, a sense of humor after like ten movies, guys. No, she Gamora doesn't get anything from that, and I think that it's interesting that she doesn't get to even showcase her fighting abilities because. Drax ends up getting the big fight scenes. Except he had no fight scenes in this. Other than well, Gamora's like stabbing the thing. Yeah, but that, that was like, literally all he did the whole movie. Yeah, but Gamora's only real fight scene was running from Nebula's ship. And fighting Nebula, like <sighs> using the giant gun, but which was instantly But that's not, that's not a fighting yeah. ability. She's so just holding a machine gun. Right? of like grabbing the arms and stuff like that. You didn't see the fight choreography. No, I we needed agree. the guys that yeah. did like the Matrix fight scene. My point to there do, was like, that the more yes. Nebula fight. Drax was awesome. not used, and that was very disappointing. I yeah, Dra- I wanted to see more of Drax. I, like uh, more so, of him fighting at least. Rocket got a really cool fight scene though between him and the Ravagers. So yeah, I neat. really liked that. Yeah. That was very that entertaining. Was awesome. That yeah. was so he, good. he was like Rambo taken out. There. <laughs> I mean, I mean seriously, yeah, like junkyard Rambo. Like he built all this random stuff. I mean, that highlights. All of Rocket's good qualities and what he brings to the team. And the yeah. fact that he's humming the tune yeah. to distract him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of Quill's songs. That, so was, that, was, a, that was an enjoyable My scene. big problem with Drax, kind of going back to Drax, sure. uh, was that in the first movie, it was unintentional humor from Drax. Absolutely. And that was what made him funny. In this Aww, movie, it was... Drax out of the thing. He was... I totally did, yeah. In this movie, he, he was, was built really low on IMDb. He was a comedian the whole time, and that's basically all he did the entire movie, and that bothered me a lot. I think that the humor stemming from the fact that he doesn't understand euphemisms and things that aren't like a direct... Metaphors. Metaphors. Yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, all these different things. Um, I think that was funnier than what we got. I think we got dick jokes and like, my nipples hurt. So and like, many. And it, it yeah. was like, okay, uh, oh, my turds are epically large. Like, okay, guys, we can do better than that. I, mean, I think I my, my main problem, like, that was an issue. My main problem with Drax is that this is only supposed to be like two or three months after the first film in the timeline, and he completely 100% understands metaphors. Yeah. Now, yeah. Without question. And I mean, how did that happen? It, I. He's a fast learner. I mean, <laughs> but he never, but, but he's been out in the universe before with yeah. other yeah. species. He wasn't right. like, you know, exiled on his planet and they saved him or something. He had already been out. So what happened in those two months that hadn't happened in his entire life? See, it makes sense <laughs> to me that after two, three months of close quarters living with Star-Lord and Rocket, some of that rubs off, rubs off on you. So saying, you know, like, I don't think he would ever admit to having a weakness on his body. Yeah. So the sensitive nipple thing was there for... He's supposed to be a warrior. That's like, yeah. his whole thing service. is to kill Thanos. Yeah. That's his entire dumb reason for being alive. Service. But the turd thing totally... I mean, I laughed. I'm not going to lie. I laughed at yeah. all those jokes. I did, it, it I did too. It was just too many in my But yeah, it was, there was the humor in this one. It was a funnier movie, but it 
felt like a totally there was so many tones going on and that's overall my problem with the full movie when I was talking about like the things I didn't like is like you had a hugely funny scene and then you had a super serious scene and you had somebody make a joke in the middle of that serious scene where it didn't fit for me anyway it may have fit for some people and that was overall a huge problem and Drax was a big part of that I think the first film all the humor just came off more natural yeah agreed Right? It's like just, they were writing jokes to tell the other guys ahead in this one. Like it was, you yeah. know. You said that uh, you thought that Chris Pratt channeled a little too much Andy Dwyer in this one. I did. I did say that. There was I, definitely more. Because I feel like in the first one, he was, you know, he, he was an action star. He really pulled it off well. And I, yeah. I, I mean that in a positive way. He really pulled it off. But in this one, he, they he seemed so comfortable in the role that. I think a lot of that slipped into just him being Chris Pratt. And a lot of the humor in Andy Dwyer is Chris Pratt's... Um, Improvisation. Right, improv during the show. And I'm, I was, I feel like Peter Quill just became Chris Pratt with cool guns. Yeah. You know, and that works for, for certain situations, for certain actors who have been in, in the industry so long, they can just be them. Like, like Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. He looks at, like, the Grandmaster. Right. It's like him when, in special makeup. And right. That's... Or, like, De Niro. Robert De Niro yeah. is just, he's Robert De Niro. Harrison Ford is just, he's just Harrison Ford. Not Will he, Smith. Right? Um, no. Yeah. And, Will uh, Smith is Will I'm, Smith as I'm Will you. playing himself in every role. But we're not going to get into that. That's not what we're talking about. <sighs> Deal with it, Derek. We're going to find new hosts. Um, you go for it. are evil. What? <laughs> anyway, um, but no. So I, I was I was a little bit concerned that Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt came a little more came a little Good try. too much into the role is really no, I don't my disagree. point there. So. I I will say that we we can dive into Star Lord a lot, but I mean I think a lot of it is very similar. There was a little bit of difference, like you, but you already touched on all that. I don't really have anything yeah. to add to that. I'll say that this kind of goes in line with Groot because I think that's a big part of the movie we haven't talked about. Oh, yeah. um, the opening title sequence, mm-hmm. probably my top three favorite se- title sequences of any movie of all time. 100%. Um, Watchmen is up there too, and there's a couple other ones, but this, yeah, that, cool. that whole scene with Baby Group well, dancing and like everybody getting their butts yeah. whooped yeah. behind. The montage, awful, yeah. yeah. Everything after that wouldn't be in my top three. Uh, no, or five, it's, even. It's probably out there. It's it a really good too. montage, and the rest of the movie was downhill from there. I got, I got to be honest. I liked what they tried to do, but from a from a visual perspective, I don't think it's as clean as it should. Okay. Have well, you been. saw it in three D. Yeah. To be fair, I did not. Oh, you did not. Okay. Never mind. I take that back. Really, in two D, I thought it worked. But I really loved the song choice. Song was yes. great. Yeah. Which again is why I think like what they wanted to do was a really good idea, but it ran into some visual issues that the rest they, of the movie didn't have. They I used didn't that, that fight with the abolisk so much in like every trailer that I was actually fine. I missed most of it and watched Scrooge dance around it. I was yeah. pretty I thought it was cool that like that was a lot yeah. of the trailers. Like that, that fight yeah. and, and it was done in the first five minutes of the movie. Like yeah, that which was is, great I thought. Right. Oh, That's yeah. a smart way to do trailers. I just I think that some of the some of the, the blue screen work just didn't quite match up for me. It, I feel like you and I saw totally different. Like okay. I, I, it worked for me. Did it work for you, Rachel? Like, did did you notice any bad I green screen? I did not notice screen? bad green screen. Okay. And because we started rewatching the Lord of the Ring films recently, I feel like I'm really good at pointing out bad green screen, bad blue screen at this point. I didn't notice it. Okay. I would have 
I would have said something that would have bothered yeah, me. I did not. Because I, I agree with you. I loved that. Yeah, it was scene. so good. I am and willing you to did, go back you, and rewatch Even if there that. was some flaws in, in that fight in the background, you were focused on Baby Groot. And if you happen to notice some one of the funny, one of the guys getting knocked around kind of hilariously in the background, then it was like, oh, <laughs> oh, the Groot. You know? right. And maybe that's my problem is that I wasn't super sold on the toddler Groot thing. So I was watching what was happening. Which is funny because Rachel was the, was the one that told us like right when the first trailer dropped that she was not in on Baby Groot. But Baby Groot, just aside from that scene, did it work for you guys in the movie? Well, before we dive into that, I want to go back to chat real quick here because chat's got some interesting stuff going on. Uh, Doc Rev is saying that Ryan here is making his nipples hurt with all of the deal with it comments. Deal with that. So, you know. Rub some that. lotion on it and be done. Um, <laughs> and Jordan also agrees that he thought there was a lot of like forced humor, almost like he was expecting like a live studio audience. <laughs> and uh, I agree. Which does, that actually nails it, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, so Groot, um, Groot served his purpose. He, I didn't think he was overdone, and I was like, well, as a, like, well, His humor felt the most natural to me. I will say, yeah. yeah. Personally. I, first of all, I'm impressed that Vin Diesel does the voice in different pitches and himself and doesn't get edited later on more so than any of the other actors, so good for him. Second of all, I was really concerned that they were going to have this, like, literal child on the ship with them. And he was going to be like an equal member. But no, they all cared for him as Which parents. Which was awesome. And yeah. I loved that. Yeah, Gamora. Yeah. So in that opening scene when he's, and it showed in one of the trailers, <laughs> when he's running around and he like waves he to her. And it's like, hi. oh my gosh, when a puppy like looks right. at you and you want to just acknowledge your existence. I yeah. totally. To be fair though, that was the most emotion Gamora showed in the entire That's true. Movie. It's <laughs> absolutely true. Yeah. But I, that scene, I bought it. I was like, these guys love Baby Girl, except for Drax. But but then at that, but I think he did. It was just he's like the yeah. the jerk uncle that by like, the end I think he, was, the, yeah, still loves him. he warmed yeah. up to him by yeah. the end. I, and they, uh, as far as that childlike thing, I think they kind of took care of that in one of the post credit scenes. Yes, that's Absolutely. kind of yeah. Let's get to that. The post credit scenes are very important. It was a big deal. And there were multiple. Um, there were five total. Yeah. Um, there None are, of which actually matter. You but. could. <laughs> uh, that's not true. Two of them matter. You could include uh, the sixth one since they kind of wrapped the movie, but before the credits roll, there was like a little bit more footage. It, it wasn't post credits, but it was definitely post movie finale. Yeah, so. you, you mean the one with the whistle? Yeah, yeah. No, that, there was only that five. Was the sixth one was cut. No, there no, there's only five. Yeah, including that one. There was a sixth yeah. one that they were going to do, but they they, they, didn't. they didn't do it. Oh. So there there were only five. All right. So yeah, that one with the whistle. Yeah, was I mean, funny. But yeah, it was it was, yeah. it it was, it was a fun moment. Yeah. It was fine. And then what was the second one? I don't remember the order. So the, the whistle went. That's nepotism. Yeah, like, it's fine. I I like Craglin as a character. Brother, well, I mean, don't get me wrong, like. I'm sure that's part of it, but now I, I like I liked that he was kind of Not taking. Well, he's at least on the Milano. That's yeah. Yeah. we don't. Know. He was following Yondu's footsteps, and I appreciated that because they had a special relationship. And if anybody is going to pick up the arrow, so to speak, it would have been his character. So I didn't really have a problem. Yeah, I like Craglin. Isn't that his name? I think. I'm, I'm yeah. Too, yeah. Um, I think he's fine. Like I'd be good with him being on the team. I think it would be a weird dynamic for somebody that's not heroic at all in any way to to kind of pick up. And but he could be, up. like, that guy who's just, you know, he fixes the ship, and Maybe. he's around for, you know, some of the the normal comedic 
He, like, he stays on the ship when they all are out there fighting, and he's just on the ship. What do you want me to do next? Gunn, right, he's reading comics. Yeah. <laughs> that Sean Gunn plays Kraglin because he also plays Rocket in the green right. screen bodysuit. So, Which is great to see if you've never seen any of those pictures. Somebody pets Rocket. It's Sean Gunn they're actually touching. It's adorable. Uh, that's funny. I've not seen those. Um, okay, so there was that scene. There was the Watcher scene with Stanley, Which I which loved. I loved. Acknowledging the Watchers in the universe is pretty cool. Now, yeah. I will say this. To all of the articles out there that screamed from the rooftops of this confirmed that Stanley is a Watcher. No. The scene doesn't no. confirm that. It no. just confirms that the Watchers I mean, are there. I think yes. he's a Watcher. There's been that fan theory. I tend to agree with it. Why Why would they pick a normal guy to just be there? Like, then why did he need a ride from them? Because that's his line is, hey guys, you're my ride, when they start walking away. I, I mean, maybe it's not a watcher in the traditional sense of Marvel Comics, but he has been there through all these, even non-MCU movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, to think that he was a watcher, I think... It's not was, a crazy idea. Yeah. My point is, this scene does not confirm... No, you're absolutely no, right. One way or the in other. In my brain, though, he's so, a watcher. And that's he always has been. I want him to be. Yeah. I really... like. So, yeah. I had kind of heard that there was a scene that confirmed that, and I was a little disappointed when that wasn't the case. So, I want him to be a watcher. So, the, the little line, if nobody caught it or paid attention, where he says... I was a FedEx employee or I was a mail employee. Yep. That is in reference to the first Fantastic Four movie. It and is Winter Soldier. At, okay. Wait, or no, Civil no. War. Civil War, Civil War, yeah. Yeah. So it's... Stank. Yeah. Tony Stank. So... It's an interesting but thing. The, but the Fantastic Four thing's a little more important than the Civil War, considering we know the MCU's connected. But like, yeah, but, but Fantastic Four is, is still not connected. I'm absolutely. The, I don't want them to connect to that god-awful movie. Yeah. I They're going to redo Cap's like, origin, where he actually started stop. as the Human Torch, then went back in time. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my last time on the show. Uh-huh. Well, you already said he's going to replace All right, so, okay, so yeah, there was, so there was the Watcher scene, the Whistle scene. There was the teenager Groot scene, which is fine. I don't think there's much to say about that. That was more well, fan service. It was absolutely it was. fan service. I didn't it, love it, it. But it also actually served. It served a, a, another purpose. I feel the saying. Guess what? Adult Groot's gonna Groot's gonna be. It did serve time one other it. purpose too. Is that Peter Quill can now understand Groot, which is kind of odd. That was yeah. strange. Well, then I'm gonna throw a third thing in there then, and show that a lot more time has passed. Well, Infinity War. Infinity how... War is four years after this movie, and Guardians Three won't take place until after. Right. Infinity so War. I mean, likely so, we'll have an adult group yes. in Infinity so, War. So no, we, they've already been said they were. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. And yeah. the, that's one thing that this this scene, this scene that scene confirmed was you, next time you see Groot, he's going to be an adult. But as far as Star Lord understanding him, the fact that he's apparently half celestial and that he's finally tapped into his powers maybe that has something to do with him but he it didn't go. bother like, me you watched the light leave him maybe, oh, but maybe he just like absorbed a ton of knowledge or something he could. Uh, it didn't bother me no. either way I do have a question because somebody on Twitter and I'm drawing a blank who brought this up and I'm curious do you think the joke about all the vines and stuff was a masturbation yes. joke yes it was. absolutely okay. oh, I, yeah. I didn't it get that far. in the movie but now that somebody said it it makes perfect no, sense no it totally so. equated to crispy socks on the floor yeah basically okay yeah. okay um, alright so that's three three scenes Aisha and then you get the two scenes that are actually relevant to the rest of the MCU like we didn't talk about Aisha and the Sovereign whatsoever because well, no, I, I didn't care about well that. we're gonna go back because I, there's a couple other characters I do want to touch on so we will go back oh jeez I know um, so okay so there was the Adam Warlock uh-huh. now they've yeah. already confirmed that he is not in Infinity War no but he's gonna be in Guardians of the Galaxy but he will 3, probably sure. be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and there's a chance that he's in the second 
Avengers. Uh, the, 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 the Avengers. The untitled it. Avengers, yeah. They yeah. haven't said, well, it's titled, they can't tell us without spoiling Infinity War. Which is it kind of interesting, it makes me very interested yeah. in what that is. Um, you know. So he's not going to be in Infinity War, but he'll be in the next Avengers movie that is... No, no, no. He, he's Avengers, con- it was, the Infinity yeah, War movies were supposed to be two movies. It's Instead, they changed it now so that oh, Avengers Infinity War is one movie, and then there's a second Avengers movie that it's was supposed f- to be part two that they've changed it to. They're, they're calling it Avengers 4, and uh, Guardian... Infinity Gauntlet is the leaked... Supposedly, Zoe Saldana on a press tour said, we're filming Gauntlet next, and everybody jumped to it and said... It's not a big spoiler, I mean... Okay, but, so, but it's going to have so, something to do with the Infinity yeah. stone. Absolutely. Thanos so, is still in it, so we but know Adam, that we're going so to defeat Thanos. If Adam Warlock's going to be in that, then... He's not. He's not going to be in that fourth he, one. He, well, he's we don't know about Fourth one, we're gonna okay. the what I the interview I read with James Gunn said that Adam Warlock's first appearance, if at all, would be in Guardians Three, which takes place after Avengers Four, which oh. is the Avengers after Infinity War. And we know so that, it's going to be oh, a while. Directors never lie. So they, I'm not saying, but what I'm saying is, as of today, he's not supposed to be in either of the next two Avengers films. That's yeah. all. So what I'm saying is, don't I'm get fine your, with that. We don't, don't get your hopes him. up. I, I just don't want you. Although to get your he is kind up. of the protector of the soul so, stone. I was about to say he has, he's, he's kind of a part of. Well, and if you, I think in that scene you could see a stone above the the cocoon. Calling it a cocoon is really weird because it did not look. It yeah, I had like to see a, it again. Like a but, pod, like a birthing pod. But yeah, there was a stone uh, up there that people are thinking is the soul stone. Now, what so, was the fifth yeah. scene? I'm drawing a The blank. fifth scene was the scene with all the original Guardians of the Galaxies from the, com- the comic right. book. Starhawk. I don't right. know all the rest of them, but still, Sloan is Starhawk. Stakar. Yeah. Stakar, Starhawk. Miley um, Cyrus. Yeah, Miley Cyrus has the little computer That's the person. That's the scene that she was in. Name, yeah, that was her voice. But that is a pretty big thing for the rest of the MCU and possibly for uh, Guardians 3 because they wouldn't have introduced those characters like that if they weren't planning they on using Stallone uh, in Guardians Bing 3. Rings and Michelle Yao for 20 seconds unless yeah. they meant something. They're going to the, be one of the antagonists in Guardians 3. I would be willing to put money on it right that's, now. That's a good possibility. And I think that's fun. Like, yeah. just a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's fine. I, in the comic books, like they the, they stole the name basically from yeah. this other group. So that's essentially. I'm assuming they're going to go that same route. I don't know. It, it'd be really cute to be honest if they did that. I I would love that. Well, I love yeah. Stallone. People who listen to the show know that I, I love Stallone. So if he's going to be in Guardians three and he's going to have a major role, that would be wonderful. He will. Um, but you know, considering how far away that movie is, I took it to be more of fan service than anything else. I think you're wrong. But. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, it, I hope I hope that that you're wrong, but I hope, and I think wait, that you will be. I right. hope that I'm wrong too. I'm just saying that we've got two Avengers films plus a half a dozen other Marvel films before you get to Guardians three. A lot can happen between now and then. When and does that Avenger, next Avengers movie come out? Next year, uh, is it 2018? It's Black Panther then the Avengers. So okay, and so they finished they finished Captain filming Marvel? Infinity War, or they're like in the middle of it right now. So I chances they, are they're gonna. They're I thought gonna, they wrapped. I think they wrapped their in post. Yeah, post. yeah. So I mean, likely they'll be filming that movie way ahead of time. So it's not like he's gonna have like aged significantly or anything like that. It'll be fine. I don't know. How you far, just have to personally well, wait for it. Which here's sucks. the thing: I don't know how far ahead they can film Guardians three because I don't know how many of those characters are in Avengers four. We don't know yet, right? Since we don't know what happens in, in Avengers three, which is Infinity. Infinity War, we don't know how many of those characters we will don't, be in the next one. But right. I'm sure the people making the movies do. Right, so. but my point is we don't know when they can start filming. No. Fair enough. Right? Yeah. If none of those characters are in the fourth Avengers movie, then they could start filming very soon for Guardians 3. But what I everything I've read makes it sound like that's farther off. That's all. 
So, um, but let's let's talk about some of these these other characters though. Um, you want to talk? I love the fact that they. I mean, it was fan service, obviously, to just have him there. It was actually James Gunn's service because he loves Howard the Duck. Okay, so, right. like, that's it was, exactly it what was me service. But, yeah, the know, fact that they got Seth Green to voice it for yeah. like a ten second. Well, because he kidding. did it in the. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's just funny that they brought him into the studio. I'm to telling you, man. Line. Well, yeah. I loved it though. I yeah, was, it was like, great. oh, there's Howard. No, I'm because he's never going to have a major role in that. I don't know. He might come into Infinity War. People keep teasing it. Dude's going to look. They're going to run out of characters at some point. They're going to do a Howard the Duck movie. Stop it. And it can be Seth Green because it's CGI, so it's not like they have to do it immediately. I'm telling you, in the 2020s, we're going to see a Howard the, Howard the Duck movie. It would not surprise me. James Gunn is gold right now to Marvel, so. There's only so many characters for them to choose from. They're going to start running out. <laughs> they still have a lot to go, honestly, though. They still got a lot of characters to go. Well, Derek doesn't read Marvel, so he doesn't. Really you got to keep people under contract, and right now that's a big problem, so. Fair enough. Um, Aisha was the only interesting part of the Sovereign Gold The only people. time she was interesting was when she was flirting with Peter Quill. Like, that part was legitimately funny and felt more like Star-Lord. Other than that, I thought she was super boring. Yeah, that's yeah. just it. The, the entire Sovereign felt like a waste yeah. of space. Although the arcade thing was kind of cool. I did yeah. like that. Well, yeah, I that mean, was cool. I didn't understand why they even had the Sovereign in it until the Adam Warlock scene. And I was like, he's gold too. Finally, makes sense. Okay. Now I understand why you just wasted 45 minutes of my life on that. I feel like they could it have... It wasn't a complete waste, but I mean, it was not the best... Uh, yeah, they could have done without that whole story. I should looked yeah. amazing. Like, the Sovereign... The makeup was cool, amazing. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They looked great. But... Visually, they did a good job. I, I think that if they had just stopped it as that opening sequence where they were protecting the batteries, like, cool, it's, it's that's a very Trekky thing to do is show some crazy alien species and then move on, right? Oh, okay. well, you got but, pretty far in this time. But they didn't, do, you brought it up. But they didn't yeah. do that, though. They They carried them on for a really long time and it got a little silly like okay so if these are supposed to be like these really advanced people that are genetically bred for specific jobs and they're master pilots and master marksmen and max master craftsmen then how come a thousand of these little ships can't take down the milano right <laughs> i just not supposed to I mean, because right. it wasn't written that way, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> right, but like, and especially at the end of the movie when they're in that little pod, and they're literally there's a hundred ships just shooting at one point in space, and nothing is really happening. I did love that they showed <laughs> Kurt Russell's character just destroying them all with like a blink of his eye and a wave of his hand. Like that was yeah. that was very it shows you how yes, powerful he is. That was that was very celestial. Yeah, me. yeah, that was really cool. I think they're probably like leaning towards the fact that he is an actual celestial in the Marvel universe, like in the movie right. universe. It's Maybe so he wasn't easier. in the comic books, but if they yeah. wanted to introduce the celestials later on, like the actual one, and they can bring him back, absolutely, nice. sure, yeah. Um, no, I just, I felt like this, the Sovereign was supposed to be this really powerful, intense force, and then they couldn't really get anything done. Which I think was the point. Like, it was funny that these people are all bred to be perfect everything, and that they yeah. can't beat this random group of five people. Like, yeah, it, you have to suspend your disbelief for it, but I think that was, like, an intentional decision. Yeah, I'm because sure the Guardians are, they are a ragtag that nobody, you know, they're not expected to always succeed, but it, somehow they do. Yeah, but I feel like, like in the first film, they just got lucky a lot. Well, that's the right? superpowers lock, the great right. superpower. But, but when there's a hundred ships shooting at one single point, and they're all hitting that point, surviving that's not really luck at that point. That's... Oh, so that's who the stormtroopers are underneath. There you go. The stormtroopers <laughs> are the sovereign. Out. Nice. 
I mean, it's all Disney, Sorry. right? So yeah, that's true. It's <laughs> the stormtroopers evolved into the sovereign later on, since they're from a, a long time. No, ago. no, 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 no. The stormtroopers, like the the first order and everything, they kidnapped the sovereign and just repurposed them. Oh, okay. So we haven't talked about the probably the best character in the whole movie, Yondu. He stole the show, Michael oh, Rooker, man. Did. So, I was so happy they found, they they were they worked out to get his mohawk. Yeah, they that was cool. to, because you know. Although the I, scene to do that, I thought was it went on a little long. It was funny, but it, it was, was like, yeah. okay, how many times can we do the same joke? I completely right. agree with that. Nonsense, yeah, but. Uh, like it twice would have been funny. Yeah, but yeah, they. Cared I like the long. interview with Rooker about why his mohawk wasn't tall in the first movie. Yeah, it made sense. Um, so for those who don't know, it's because they didn't have enough money to make the ship set tall enough. Well, they made the set already. Yeah, well, yeah, that made the set. Yeah. And they couldn't raise it, so this time they got it right. I just think that's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, the scene where he's in the prison, I think it was. and Oh, yeah, it was. Well, the Ravager ship, I guess, is what it was. And, yeah. and you see the arrows shooting around. That was probably one of the best shots in the entire episode. Beautiful. Scene. I would put yeah. that up there with, like, in terms of, like, cool comic book shots uh, up with, like, the... The airport fight from Civil War. The elevator scene. The elevator scene in Captain yeah. Captain um, the, the fun Thomas the Train fight between Ant Man. And I do love that scene. Yeah, like that was. I love. I think that really well in terms done. of visuals, the scene is one of the best in the. MCU. It was a beautiful was, scene. Yeah, when it's you see it like the light, it knocked out the lights, and you just see the red. Like that was neat. Like it was just really creative, and I really the color loved was that. very vibrant. It was mm-hmm. very Guardians. And when it very bright came up, and you see it from like above going around. It, that it was just a beautiful scene. Fun all, all fact: uh, Look up all the people that played the Ravagers. Like Rob Zombie always is in James Gunn's films, and he played a Ravager. Steve Agee, popular comic, he was one of the Ravagers. He got a couple lines in there, so that was really funny. How Redneck from Screen Junkies was, was he? I must miss that one. That's funny. So, uh, Good for him. Taserface was that joke kind of fell flat. For oh me. my god, yeah. so long. I get it. I get it. He's got a rough face. Like, well, okay. I mean, make Come fun on. of that stupid name once, because yeah, that's pretty obvious. But I mean, we don't need twenty jokes about it. No, a Rocket making fun of it once, and then Aisha like giggling. That that's the best. Like, yeah, yeah, that one. That I would have been fun. fine without that. But. Where he, he was just all kind of, uh, and as he burns up. Absolutely. Uh, so, how did you guys feel about Yondu's death? So good. It was really good. Marvel, it was the most impactful death probably in the yeah. MCU. Marvel's scared to kill off their heroes. It's Joss Whedon has to push for it every single time, and now that he's moved on, you know, no one's going to push for it anymore. Well, I think so it, it just depends on who they're trying to kill off, and one of the and a character who is one of the old guardians uh in the, in the books it, it kind of worked you know I, I, I it worked as much as i enjoy the character and i would love to see more yeah that was like the right character to kill off yeah because it had the right right amount of impact and it doesn't hurt going forward with the I f- story i figured it had to be either him or nebula because yeah they're not going to have the guts to kill I wish off it was nebula. the main character i didn't like nebula in this movie uh, i didn't really I say anything about it uh, i liked her a lot super more. boring like okay we can you can make an angsty look like 40 times congratulations you're not an interesting character she i thought she was more interesting than the first her head yeah. that's true around. yeah they did a bald cap for um no but i just i think part of the problem is and i've brought this up on episodes before that the fact that we know contracts for people 
uh, it hurts. hurts the mystery. Yeah. Right? Because we're like, well, this guy's got seven movies under his contract, so obviously he's not going to die, right? How bad is he going to get hurt? Like, well, but, I, I honestly believe the Russo brothers are scared to kill people off. They should have killed off Rhodey in Civil War, and it would have made things much more emotionally impactful. I'm not saying that Rhodey deserves it. I really love that character. Don Cheadle is a lot of fun, but the moment he gets hit by Vision would have been incredibly I thought they were killing him off. So did I. They happened. should have, yeah. I really no, thought I they totally were. Agree. But that's that's part of the problem, though, is that you know, you know that he's supposed to be in XYZ movie, right? right. It's like, yeah. we already knew that the Guardians were filming for Infinity War, so they had to be able to survive, you know? I also thought that uh, Falcon would have been an impactful death because the entire time uh, Captain's fighting for Winter Soldier and then he loses the friend who is actually beside him the whole time and helping him out instead would have made... That would have been really know. cool storytelling. I but think Falcon that, hasn't gotten his due, in my opinion. He needs well, I, I agree with that, that for right. both him and Rhodey, though. And I think that part of the reason those guys are still around is so that way, if they need to... They those, can place Iron Man. Exactly. Yeah. Because you never know. You can't keep paying Robert Downey Jr. $50 million a movie. And Chris Evans has talked about how he's not really sure he wants to continue either. He goes back and forth. It's so weird. It's a, it's a tough thing to do, to have your entire life be nothing but this one character. I well, understand I mean, that. Daniel Craig and um, Hugh Jackman have done the same thing. They're both mm-hmm. like, well, I would return for James Bond or, you know, Logan's dead. But, I mean, this X, Y, and Z could get me to come back yeah. to the role. So... They love it. They just don't want to keep doing everything that needs to be done for it. Because a lot of these guys, they love acting and they yeah. want to do other stuff. They want to try more int- more unique roles and stretch their, their well, legs. Also, think about their bodies. I and mean, the diet for years. Chris, Chris yeah. Hemsworth eats six chicken breasts a day, and that's it when he's in Thor mode. Like that. That sucks. Oh yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I follow you know what. Uh, good, but that sucks. Chris Pratt posts his, his diets all like what he's eating all the time, and it's nasty like it's vegetable wraps. Well, and, and forget the food for a minute. Think of how much time they spend in the gym. I mean, they were talking oh, about yeah. how Ben Affleck's already back on his regime to get into Batman shape for the solo film. We didn't even have like a finalized script for yeah. that movie, you know. So imagine how long guys like you know Chris Hemsworth and Hugh Jackman have to work out just to film a movie. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. You know, I mean, only a few of those guys like The Rock wanted to be that way anyway. (laughs) Meanwhile, Scarlett Johansson and Zoe Saldana have to stay on the rabbit food diet for their entire careers because all their roles require that of them, not just every other... So, no, I mean that, that's intense. that's very true. But I guess if you offered me, you know, ten million to just work out for my whole life, I could I could do it. <laughs> I don't know. You guys should try it. Maybe, maybe it could be a fun social experiment. Yeah, give me ten million dollars, and we'll see what kind of shape I can get into. Check out the GoFundMe later. <laughs> yeah, no, Patreon's fine. Patreon's fine. I'll I'll take the hit. Um, but I, I do want to talk just for a brief minute about Stallone's character. Of course, yeah. there's a surprise. So, well, no. The, it has nothing to do with really Stallone's ability to do it or anything like that. It had more to do with, for the majority of people seeing the movie who haven't read the comic books, the only reason you know that character is important is because Stallone, Stallone is playing him. Yeah. So what what do you think about that character? Do you think he added anything to the movie, or do you think it was well, yeah, just... Yeah, I mean, it was for Yondu's arc, and I mean, I guess... The impact of the funeral was great, right? Like it was, it was super sad. But then when you see all the other um, Ravagers show up, that made it a lot 
better. And you wouldn't have gotten that if you hadn't had that scene earlier with Stallone where he was like, you can't deal in kids and you're never going to be a ravager or something like that. The most important part of the film is the child trafficking. That's what it is. It is the most serious part of the film. It's the most uh, emotionally connected part. So to hear Stallone mumble through what I assume can only be gravel in his mouth... Um, he lost. He got punched a lot in Rocky. Okay. No, really, <laughs> yeah. I have no clue. I he had no Dolph clue. just you know. <laughs> Dolph knocked his brain loose. To be terrible. Um, but having him hear that, it just it like made me stop and say, "What? What is this?" Well, so and then was... they explain it, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful, and it's so good, and. To see Yondu sacrifice himself because he's ashamed that he took all those kids to Do you think that that um, redeems him? No. Because I felt like the movie was a little too quick to redeem him. I felt like it redeemed him. Like, it's... He 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 didn't child child trafficking. Right, no, no, no. He did a child trafficking. And the trafficking that he did, he... Did because he was worried about what was he didn't have a good feeling about taking him back to Eden. No, 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 no. He, he, he Star Lord was like the last them. one that he decided to stop doing. Oh, it. so he did all yeah. those kids. He, well, he, he decided, decided he, all, he, he decided not. He decided not to take Star Lord. One of the reasons was he finally admitted because he found out what was happening to all those kids. Okay. He well, didn't know that they were being killed. Yeah, that's a tougher one then. Right? Yeah. So, but I mean, was he, it half a dozen? Was it a dozen? I, I don't know. I don't think it completely redeems him as a character, uh, but I'm okay with my heroes being flawed, especially since the, he's a thief to begin with. Yeah. I think it redeemed him in Peter's eyes, and Which is that's what mattered to the story. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, Yandu's not my daddy. He's not. It's true. Right? I can verify that. Michael Rooker is not Rachel's father. <laughs> so I want to I want to pitch something to you because Jordan was talking a bit about Nebula going off on her own to try and find Thanos. I had an idea for an MCU movie. Um, I'm sure Kevin Feige is listening. Right that now. I think would be really cool. Um, I think that instead of doing like you know the Star Wars Boba Fett movie, I think having a movie where it's Nebula hunting down Thanos on her own. And make it small scale and gritty could be really interesting well, to watch. Hate it. I, I don't like Nebula. I think she was a freaking maybe stupid one dimensional character. So my my thing is, what the MCU is missing. They have all these side characters who have their own adventures and their own self worth. They need to do like 30, 45 minute shorts that can come out in between the like movies. the one shots. Mm, yeah, yeah, longer well, like, than a those. little bit longer than the one shots. Way less, like just one act of a film. That's fair, but I can okay. think of like thirty characters that would be way more interesting to go watch than that's Nebula, like fine. make this weird grimace at people for for an hour that's or whatever. Fine. I think it would that's be. An, you I think it would be an interesting way to get Thanos up and running for Infinity War. Because think right of it this now, way: we've had just been the blue guy on the golden toilet. But if we've had we had fourteen movies, he has no stones. But if you read about what they're intending to do in the first Infinity movie, is that is a movie about Thanos. That movie is going to set up the second movie, which probably is about his actual fight with the Infinity, or like using the Infinity Gauntlet. The first movie is going to be about him actually building the gauntlet, going and collecting all the stones. It's not going to be a, it's going to be an Avengers movie, but not in the traditional sense. From what they've said, it's a I mean, Thanos it's also, movie. You've got all the Avengers are in okay it. The Guardians are all in it. 
I mean, you're going to have... Getting their butts whooped probably the whole time. I mean, maybe, Which but you're they, gonna... they should if Thanos is going to continue to hold any importance. Otherwise, everything they built up to since Avengers 1 is garbage. But tell me, would you rather watch an hour of Nebula going like this... I or would you rather watch well, Infinity War? Obviously, that's not what I'm pitching, right? Yeah. You're, but you're that's t- all she did in this movie. It's not all she did in this movie. It it's it's not. She had some significant character growth in this film. Okay. You don't like the character, and that's fine. I'm not obviously suggesting that it's an hour of her looking annoyed. Okay, that's not the the pitch that I'm giving. It's it's a assassin bounty hunter style film. And she doesn't have even have to cross yeah. Thanos. She could come across anybody in the galaxy. Oh yeah. Including, like, the weird yellow sex robots, for all I care. Anyway. Those were just weird. We'll, we'll, she, she could find Cosmo, and Cosmo starts following her around. I mean, There you, go. On, there you go, Ryan. Yeah, no, because then I would hate half the movie. Look. Where the Cosmo was not there. We we are probably Make close on time. Movie. I have that no idea. We've gone over, but we did take a break. So, so yeah, matter. that's why I'm not really sure how much time we're at. Let's, let's go ahead and wrap things up a little bit. Um, I've got a couple ratings down here for how the movie did on, you know, IMDb, Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes. Let's go around. You guys tell me how you would rate the movie. If you want to use numbers, letters, whatever you're comfortable with. Ryan. Keeping in mind you can only count the scenes with Nebula. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if the numbers go low enough. Um, I mean, it was in the... Like, as far as MCU movies, it was in the middle of the pack. It was not in the top. It wasn't as bad as Iron Man 2. But it was... Like, it would probably be lower than, like, Ant-Man and some of the other ones that I thought were a little more original. Even though Ant-Man isn't, I guess, that original. But this movie did a lot of things wrong um, and a lot of things right. It was just a very mixed bag. So I'd probably be somewhere in the 70s, mid-70s probably. A solid C. It was good. It was enjoyable. I like all the characters, but I just didn't think this movie pulled them together the way I wanted to see them. Fair enough. Robert? Uh, I, you know, like we, we talked about, there are, I have issue, I had a few issues with it, but I consider those pretty minor in the grand scheme of things because, well, let's face it. Killing off ego? Uh, yeah, it's so minor. Well, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Amigo is not minor, but for the most part, for the story, uh, for the way the the direction of the movies that they've been going so far, I thought everything ended up working together, as, whether I liked it or not. Uh, I would actually give it a solid uh, teeter between B plus A minus. Oh wow, okay, Ray. I would do a square, which is not as good as a star, obviously, but it's not as bad as... Um, you said anyway, however she wanted to read it. This is your own I said numbers or letters. Oh, that's true. You did no, you said numbers or letters or however you want oh, okay. to rate it. Well, so, you did this to yourself, Terry. <laughs> okay. Please give us a rating that the world can comprehend. C+. Plus. C+. Plus. I enjoyed the last act of the movie and little tidbits here and there in the first two. Otherwise, I thought... And the opening credits. I thought it was heavily cliched, too much fan service, and um, uh, forced humor. Fair enough. Um, In chat, Jordan gives us a B plus, and Doc Rev with a B. I'll let you know if anybody else throws a rating in there. But uh, for me, you know, I... uh, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. I think there was definitely a little too much fan service, too much forced humor. Visually, I thought it was really well done overall. It's a very beautiful film. I love the style of Guardians. The cinematography was great. It was beautiful. That is how I imagine like my Nirvana. If I were to ever die (laughs) and go to a happy place, that's it. Like bright colors, mix of fantasy and science. 
Like, it was beautiful, yeah. and I loved, you know, that they they pull out and they show that you know Ego uh, kind of has a face on the planet. Right? Yeah, I love right? that. Right, that was really cool. Uh, yeah, I just, there's a lot of the movie that's really beautiful. You know, the Sovereign was was really striking visually and, and things like that. Uh, the arrow scene that yeah. you know Ryan was talking about earlier, uh, but you know. The story just didn't really hold it together for me. The the big climax was hinging on, you know, Ego saying one really dumb thing to the only person in the galaxy that could actually stop him. Uh, so it really fell apart for me. So I, I'm going to say a C plus, um, whereas, you know, the first one is a straight up A for me. So is it crazy to think that this may be our least favorite Marvel movie this year? That None of us would have guessed that. Oh, I mean, no. This year? This year. Yeah, well, we got Spider-Man and... Uh, I'm waiting on Spider-Man. Um, well, Spider-Man I'll, I'll say that at the end of the year. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's no well, way I'm saying that it's crazy because I would it probably be. never in a million possible, years yeah. guess that I would possibly yeah, like Spider-Man it, uh, more uh, than Marvel. But if it's a good year. Anticipated. I, yeah. I anticipated it being my favorite Marvel movie this year, including Logan, but Logan ended up being really fantastic. I anticipated Thor being my favorite. So, Thor, Thor is one very of my well, favorite. Since the trailer. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Since I've seen a trailer for it, my expectations have significantly increased. Like, Thor is yeah, my favorite so. Avenger, you know, male-wise, so I... So I will say that you know the, the the other scores out there definitely have the first film as higher um, for the most part, except for IMDb, which is interesting. Um, IMDb has an eight point two versus an eight point one, with the new one being higher. But uh, you know, overall, I think that most people are, are you know saying that this one is uh, not quite as good as the original. It does come in seventh in the MCU as far as Rotten Tomatoes is concerned, um, and that's the critic rating at eighty two percent. But fans have it at ninety. So fans know more than Rotten Tomatoes. You know, just something throw out there. Rotten Tomatoes can suck a big bag of dick. What she said. Big old bag. Thank you for that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with dick. Like you said before. Okay. Well, yeah, I think I used it earlier. Yeah. That's all fine. right. Well, all right. Anyway, um, I think that's going to be it for us. We are off next week. Before I want to let people know that. I'll just say one thing. Did you guys also notice that in the credits that I am Groots? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Also, did you notice the, the Grandmaster dancing? Yeah. Yes. We, and then I was super disappointed when there was no post-credit scene with him. I know. Yeah. I was really wanting one where Star Lord would be sitting in the arena while Hulk and um, oh. they, like make betting against yeah, Thor. Yeah, that would have been that that so easy. Yeah, it would have been yeah. super easy, and it would have tied him already. They didn't have to be there in the movie. They could have just been in. The yeah, movie. they could have yeah. like you could have heard the announcement that you hear in the trailer, like yeah. "You're incredible." And you hear him go, "Yes," and then you know, yeah. like twenty on the green guy or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna be in the stands. He could be like at like a bookie thing. Yeah, exactly. At the stadium. Yeah, totally. That would have been great. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I just wanted to get that in. No, you're good. That was that was really. I liked the credits. I thought they were really uh, beautiful. But anyway, yeah. So uh, Ryan's got some stuff to say here, but we are off next week. I want people to be aware of that. I was unaware of that, so now I know. So we've told you. I'm sure you have. But um, but we will be back the week after that. And we're fan casting the Disney princesses. We're going to have a first time guest on there. We're going to Ryan's really nervous. I'm not nervous. I was like, I just. How about this? Right? You okay. can you can fan cast the live action ones they've already done. <laughs> if I were you, Every I would once pick. In a while they give me an episode, and you can totally tell because I take advantage of it. I highly suggest Emma Watson as Belle. I think I, I think like I it. think she would do a good job. I don't like that casting. <laughs> All right, so Ryan, what do you got for us? Okay, so if you don't know, we have a Patreon. It's where you can give us money and say thank you for producing this great content, and then we give you things back to say thank you for giving us your hard-earned money. And so, uh, in you know, in celebration of that, and something like less funny and jokey than I usually do, but I thought it would be fun to do. Um, 
I think that we should come up with a uh, Heroes Awesome Mix Volume 1, and we're going to make the spot a Spotify playlist from this podcast that we're going to share on our Facebook page, or in our Instagram thing. Derek's going to do that. And then um, we're going to have one only for our Patreon su- subscribers that will include John's choices on the track and oh, yeah. Ian's choices on the track. Awesome. Other hosts. And I'm sorry that you're, you can you can contribute to them, but since you're not a normal host... Um, you know, <laughs> and if you guys can't think of a song, I did make a cheat sheet with some songs that you may want to throw on there. Okay, so I'm going to say my first song. I have f- 12 tracks here, so each of us get to pick four. Oh man, this is really tough. Yeah, and I'm putting. I have, like I said, I have a cheat sheet that yeah. I can give you if you if you want to pick. Ryan's four. putting us on the spot. I am, yeah, I and think. so I'm okay. sorry about Are this. Are there like just our favorite songs? Um, I would or... I would say try and keep it in universe if you can. So like he's got a zoom now. Spoiler alert. So I would say it's prob- probably part of the joke is going to be that there's like no songs after 1990. <laughs> so I would say try and keep it songs before 1990. Before 1990, and if you can keep it in theme like space or well, zoom, zoom like was well. I'm aware. But I'm saying that I think it would be hilarious if we got a Zoom that could have songs from like 2016, but he could only listen to yeah, like older right. songs. Um, so just start off. I'm going to throw out Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Ooh. See, I was going to pick a Queen song. Now you can it. pick. No, you <laughs> can pick. You can pick that. You can pick any Queen song. I'm not going to. We're not going to stick like so far to the rules that you can't pick the same artist twice. Okay, so I would like to add in an Elton John and while the obvious is Rocket Man, I wanna do Benny and the Jets. Benny and the Jets, Ooh, that's a good one. choice. This is uh this is really tough for me. Uh, I think I feel like we need some Michael Jackson. I agree. Absolutely. Totally. None of the ones I picked totally. were Michael Jackson. So. Oh man, so we need we need some Michael Jackson. And you can help him if you but can think of what, Michael Jackson. What oh, Michael Jackson? Dirty Diana, or depending on the scene. Yeah, if you can like picture in your head a, a good scene for it, that's even better because right. then you know it's going to tie into the universe. The red jacket from Beat It reminds me of Star Lord's red jacket a bit. But I like uh, that. It's a, I feel like you have to dance to that song though. And oh, he, yeah. dances, he dances all the time, yeah, and yeah. half the themes in the movies are about dancing. He didn't really dance much in this one. No, but they he talk about dancing Gamora. a lot. They talk about dancing a lot. That was slow dancing. Oh my bad. So. Okay, doesn't count. Um, what about the way you make me feel? Okay. Ooh, can, ooh, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's my favorite Michael I like Jackson that is, song. That's good. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's good. I like. I love that song. Okay, my second one is "Heroes" by David Bowie. Yeah. Good. Good pick. Good pick. Like it. Okay, so because I feel like Star Lord needs this in his life, and only because of that, I feel like Star Lord really missed out on the fact that Sir Mixalot existed. Yeah. That was eighties, but was, but yeah, he yeah, I guess he was gone. Yeah, so I'm good with that. It was, yeah, so I feel like he needs to hear "Baby Got Back" just for his own personal life. Okay, I'm is, not saying it's a great song. I'm saying that if I heard that in the movie, I would probably go, uh, okay. <laughs> but you know, we'll go with it. That's part of the, I, that's part of the appeal of this whole thing. Okay, baby, I got feel back. like if it went from uh, you know Blue Swede and uh, Fleetwood Mac to Sir mix a lot. He would be like, "What has music come to?" Yeah, what is this world is falling apart. <laughs> well, personally, I I personally think because well, in the comics, he's all about eighties music, right? So, well, I, I he, mean, that's barely nineties music. It was nineteen ninety. So, yes. yeah, but so I think you do need something that's super signature eighties, like maybe something from Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah, I actually don't have any Huey Lewis in the news on that my cheat sheet so or this one. Surprising. I couldn't find any songs that I was like, this is really, uh, really 
fitting into the universe for me because they That's sing fair. a lot of like bar songs. They do. So having a tough time, but um, you need something. I I feel like you need something or, or something from Loverboy. Yeah, I mean Loverboy would be all right. I mean, like there's just some, something you know that's like. Just well, pops, I'll that's tell you that every sound. song that I made, a, I'll put on my list was pureed, in my opinion, pureed. Okay. Yeah, cool. See, my 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 wheelhouse is a little more seventies, so I'm trying to think. Seventies is good. Yeah, um, pick some seventies. All right, well then, hey, the, there's some songs. Uh, so in then, chat in, sorry, I'm looking through my out. I'm looking through my. Uh, okay, my well, in chat they say so, uh, slow dancing counts. I don't know. Okay, so okay, so here we go. I I uh, I, I want to throw in a meatloaf track. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I want to go with the title track, Bat Out of Hell. Okay, okay. I think that'll fit. I like that. I think that could be a really fun scene for some type of, like, space chase or something Absolutely. like that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, okay, know. my next one is Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Taylor. Oh, so good. So good. I um, kind of like the heroes theme. Like, I, I, you know, My next one is actually that I want Foreigner's Jukebox Hero. I, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of heroes. You guys are so <laughs> fast. You guys are so, Because so we fast. know what's good, Derek. I just pick bands I, don't that know, I love look, and I, go with I, it. The way I grew up with music was a little weird. None of it is really organized by dates. And so I'm trying to organize... You know, Doc Rev says Kings of Rock by Run DMC. And Pure Lee says Cheap Trick. Ooh, Cheap Trick. So those are up. up Cheap trick is and good. actually, I think I'm going to take a couple songs from chat. I forgot to say this at the beginning. So if you guys have songs, throw them in here, and we're going to pick our favorites of the ones in chat, and we're going to add that as your contribution to the playlist. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm, I'm ready to skip Yeah, you. Yeah, skip me. Skip okay. me. Keep going. I've keep got going. Footloose by Kenny Loggins <laughs> on there because it's a reference to the first movie. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Yeah, but, I love uh, it. Also, I think that that's a good, solid 80s song. Very. It totally is. What's your next one, Rachel? Okay, so she was part of almost all my favorite soundtracks in the 80s. Um, and I'm going to pick my favorite song from her because I love it. Uh, Time After Time by Cindy Lauper. That's a good one. It's a good Derek, slow do you want my cheat song. sheet? Um, go ahead. Yeah, give me. I, have, I'm, I think I have something, but. Uh, do you have any Pat Benatar? That's a good one. Um, no, but there would have been. That would have been a good I want, one. I want some ZZ Top. And I'm trying to pick the right ZZ Top. You have two, two songs. Um, so I'm thinking... Use them wisely. You guys help me with this one. Okay. okay? I'm thinking either uh, Legs or Sharp Dressed Man for ZZ Top. I'm le- Out of those two, I'm leaning towards Sharp Dressed Man. That's kind of where I was going, too. Ray's not happy with this. Yeah, I don't... I don't... I'm with you. I'm not feeling the ZZ Top. Not at all. But, I mean, it's it's up to Derek. This He gets to pick two songs, just like we got to no, pick it's, all it's, it's, Absolutely. It's, it's, like, it's fine. You don't think anything on that list really jumps out at you? There's I'm not one song like, in particular that really jumps out at you or anything? I kind of want to... I, mean, I know you want me to pick Eye of the Tiger, but I'm not sure what scene that would go in. It's like a super pump-up song from the 80s. Star Wars would love that. But what scene would that go in? Uh, whatever scene James Gunn wants it to go into, I don't know. I'm not writing <laughs> oh. the movie. But but the, but what my point is that we're trying to fit them into the film, right? Yeah, but so you think that Sharp Dressed Man would fit in better than uh, Eye of the Tiger? I'm not saying it would fit in better. I'm just saying I would like a, a ZZ Top song. That's fine. That's you I'm can pick a ZZ say. Top song. I'm good with that. It's you know your what? choice. You get two choices. Get rid of Sir Mix a lot. I'm okay, gonna put I'm good in, with that too. Uh, uh, a different '80s. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Billy, you can look at the list too if there's anything. Billy Idol's Rebel Yell. That's a good one. Good. Yeah. I like that. Rebel Yell, that'd be a great song. I love Rebel Yell so much. I'm trying to think of a good Pat Benatar that I could recommend. You know, your best shot, obviously, is going to be uh, right up there. Yeah, that would be pretty perfect, to be honest. 
This is just something like mentally I was not prepared for. Barracuda yeah. by Heart would um, be good. Yeah, that would be a good. Any like the female like power ballads are always good. Mm-hmm. That's why I had Holding Out for a Hero on this, my one of my favorite '80s songs. And I could just see like something like a epic fight happening with that song in the background. Have you ever heard uh, Fru's remake of it? Really good. They covered it. And it I don't think I have. Really I tend to avoid remakes of my favorite songs just because I know that... Like, I, I do too, <laughs> but it was featured in the Shrek 2 soundtrack and I was really blown oh, really? away by it, yeah. How about More Than a Feeling, Boston? Yeah, I'm good Ooh, with that. That totally great. fits. Okay. Is you that, have one that, more, uh, Derek. Is that good? I, I got, I got yeah, one more. Yeah, that's fantastic. I got one more. Maybe a Journey song? Oh, well... Or... Okay, so in chat, we have some other suggestions. Yeah, totally. Um, we have Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins, but I already have yeah. Footloose, which I think is a better choice, personally. Uh, we have When Doves Cry by Prince, <gasps> which would be really good. Oh. We have Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. No, I want that. Dr. Feelgood, Motley Crue. No, I want, I want, yeah, I, that's... Which uh, one? Prince. For, yeah, Prince. When Doves Cry? Yeah, that, that's a good yeah, one. that's a great Okay, we get to pick one more from who's, chat. Who suggested too. that one? That was uh, Doc Rev. That's a great choice. So good, dude. That is such a good choice. Um, we get to pick one more from chat. So we've got um, Kings of Rock by Run DMC, Cheap Trick, Danger Zone, uh, When Doves Cry, it's Sing Alive, Stop to Feel Good. It's the not the band Cheap Trick, correct? I, pff, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, don't know which one. Really Cheap Trick. Um, and Motley Crue, which one? Dr. Feelgood. Oh, Dr. Feelgood? I assume. That, I think yeah. that's my oh, least yeah, favorite Motley Crue song, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I don't know that that would fit into a Guardians movie, personally. Because well, we haven't picked any other hair metal. That's right. true. Yeah, and honestly, as much as much as I, any of my friends will tell you, I'm a hair metal fanatic. <laughs> I don't know. I don't see see it fitting too yeah. well, to be honest. I don't think it unless would it's like you know, unless it's like the softer ones like Bon Jovi or something. So any of those songs, we're gonna pick one more from chat. So say it, say them again. Um, Kings of Rock by Run DMC, Cheap Trick, Danger Zone, Kenny Loggins, Oh, and Dutch Crow. We already picked. Staying Alive by the VGs, Dr. Feelgood, Motley Crue. You know, maybe a VG song, but I don't know about Staying Alive. I do like the Bee Gees. Um, where is... <sighs> Derek's not up on Jive Talking. Okay. Jive Talking might be a good VG song. It's not I mean, bad. It's not bad. That would fit in well. Yeah. So we're going to take the BG suggestion and just change the song? I think so. Okay. What was the song? Jive Talking. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good choice. Um... That, that's a good strutting song, too. Well, most disco is. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, that's 13 tracks. So we're going to uh, we're gonna upload that Spotify playlist sometime. I sprung this on Derek, so no guarantee on when it's going to happen. Um, yeah, so and Patreon be, subscribers, we're going to, uh, when we send out our monthly email, we will include a link to um, the full the full Spotify playlist that has John and Ian's songs. The on deluxe, so, yeah. The they, deluxe will, they only each pick four songs, like we did. Um, and then we took but they're not going to be put on the spot, so they get a little more time to think about it. So Maybe, Derek they, is unhappy about being put on the spot, but I did this to be fun. So there, Derek there might be, have to deal with it. There might be a couple bonus tracks for me then when I have time to actually like. That's not how this works. No, well, I'm controlling the playlist. Okay, I'm just I will make the playlist <laughs> and send it to Derek, and he will uh, he will put it up there, and I will get with John and Ian. I have the power, so I do. I do too. All right. That is it, guys. Thanks for checking us out. Be sure to hit up heroespodcasts.com and Heroes Podcasts on Facebook and Twitter. All that good stuff. Uh, drop us a review on iTunes, and we will give you a shout-out on the show, whether it's a good or a bad review. You know, be honest. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.